Awesome. All right. How many of y'all ready to get started tonight? Maybe a little, just a little bit. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and open up in prayer and then jump into things for tonight. Father, we thank you so much, God, that we can follow your leading and your prompting in all things. Father, I thank you that we have hearts and minds that are ready to receive from you, that are ready to hear your word and what you're calling us to as a people. So God, I thank you that tonight we lay aside all barriers that we felt and that, Father, we boldly step into what you've called us to as a people and that in unity we respond to your presence. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you give me the words to speak, that every word that comes out of my mouth is overcome by you and your presence and that anything that's of me just fades away. And so we thank you for tonight, Father. Thank you for what you have for us and we just submit our time to you in this time together. And so your name we pray, amen. Amen. So I know um, Pastor Colton was able to fill in last week. How many of you were here last week? Okay, good. How many of you enjoyed Pastor Colton stepping up and ministering? Amen. So um, I kind of put him in that rough spot, my bad. So um, last week, I know he did share with y'all that I was supposed to minister and was out. I did have, um, was battling some strep throat. So that was not fun, but I was thankful that he was willing to jump in and all that. Thank you for all of those that reached out and were praying. I appreciate that in that time. Um, But what I found out that, you know, Colton did is something that, you know, um, happens a lot And that is that he stole exactly what the Holy Spirit was telling me to speak on, right? So he must have been reading the same book that I was reading because he got the same thing that I got, right? So I was like, man. So Pastor Zach was like, hey, Gabe, will you minister this week? And I was like, sure. And he was like, yeah, you already have your message. And then all of a sudden it hit me, no, I don't. Um, He stole my message. I had to come up with a new one. Um, And that's okay. So... We're going to just continue, you know, we've been in this series about wonder arrest and what it is to be childlike before the Lord versus childish. And so I always think it's important to kind of look at what do those things mean and then what are some examples of those in our lives. And so I want to look at the word childlike. One of the biggest things that I always go to is the dictionary, just because I feel like that helps me. Um, And so what childlike said in the dictionary was resembling, suggesting, or appropriate to a child, especially marked by innocence, trust, and ingeniousness. And whenever I was reading this, the key thing that stood out to me was that being childlike is marked by trust. That there is a trust that happens when you're acting childlike that is super just natural to who you are. And I began to think of what it was like when I was a child and how no matter what, I just trusted what people said, right? So if someone told me like, hey, you can do this and it's not going to hurt you, then I did it. And I didn't think twice about it. And so I thought about all the times, all the Bible stories I heard and all the things I did as a child, And when I was a kid, I remember um, Jelly and I used to be together a lot, and we always wanted to, like, perform miracles that were in the Bible. How many of you were the kids that always tried to perform miracles? Anyone else besides me? Okay. No one else is bold enough to raise your hand at school. Um, And so we were, like, those cool kids that wanted to, like, enact miracles everywhere we went, right? And so when we would hang out, we would do, like, really weird stuff. And I remember one of those things was we would always try to walk on water, okay? How many of you can be honest and say you tried to walk on water at some point in your life? 
Okay, all the rest of you, you're carnal. You should have tried. Um, I'm just kidding. But we tried to walk on water all the time, right? So I would be like at a bathtub or something on my own. And I'm like, I'm going to walk on water, right? So I'm going to start easy where it's like shallow. And so I take a step and like, right? And it's like splashing. I'm like, ah. So I get back out of the tub and I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm walking on water. I believe by faith. And I'm like splashing again. You know, Never worked. Not once did it happen. Never walked on water. And I was really frustrated. Sure, my family was with all the water outside the tub. Um, always wondered what was going on in there. I was just trying to be like Jesus. And so... Then we get to a pool, and here's the thing. I could never swim without my nose plugged because it, like, I felt like I was drowning. And so I so believed I was going to walk on water, I wouldn't even plug my nose. Okay, that's faith, guys. That is trust that you know that God has your back. And so I'd be like, okay, God, you said that we could do the things that you did in greater, so I'm not just going to walk on this water. I'm going to run, Okay. I'm going to run on this water, and it's going to be incredible. And I would step out to do it, and what would I do? Into the water, right? Totally wet, water up my nose. I can't breathe. I can't talk. I'm getting out, right? All of those weird sounds you make, and you think you're dying. But, like, it didn't stop me. I was like, I must not have believed enough. I'm just going to try again, right? So that's one, like, crazy thing. Or you get to the edge of a pool, and you decide you're going to be like Moses, and you're going to part the Red Sea, but instead it's like, I'm going to part the chlorine pool. And so you're like, here we go. Like, I'm going to grab like a stick off the ground and in Jesus' name, part the waters. And nothing happens. Thankfully, that one didn't make me feel sick after doing it. Um, or I remember multiple times with my dad being in ministry all my life, we would be going somewhere and he would tell me about going to a funeral or someone he was going to pray for their family because they had just lost someone. And I remember always hearing about how Jesus raised the dead. So, like, why are we just going to a funeral? Just, like, tell them to get up and let's move on. Like, you're taking up our Saturday. This is useless, right? It just didn't make sense to me. Like, if God said it, it must be true. Let's just do it. Let's do what he did and greater, right? Well, although that was childlike, it was also childish. There was no understanding. And I remember a conversation with my dad where he was talking to me, and I'm like, man, like, I keep trying to do these miracles, and it is not working. Like, God told me I can do them, and none of it seems to be working out for me. Um, And I remember him sharing with me about the miraculous isn't just to use God as like a genie in a bottle to show cool things, you know, that sort of thing. But it really is to showcase his power and his goodness and his overwhelming love for people. And so I began to think with a different perspective. But there was one thing that marked me as a child that as childlike believers in faith needs to mark us as people, and that's that we're marked by trust in what our God says. That no matter what it sounds like, no matter what it looks like, that we so believe what he says above anything else, that it doesn't matter how obscene it seems, how crazy it seems, how out there you think it is, if God says it, I know that it's so, and I know that I can trust every single word that he speaks. You know, another thing, when a child is being childish, there's constant back and forth, right? So when you talk to a child one day, it can be like, I want to be a teacher. And the next day, they're like, I want to be an actor. And then there's like, I want to be a dancer. And I want to be a singer, right? And so then you're like, you should be in musicals because you can do like all of that. Um, And so, you know, kids are constantly going back and forth on all these different things. 
But yet when we're childlike before the Lord, when he places a dream, when he places a desire in our hearts, instead of just going back and forth on all these things, there's pursuit that happens. There's pursuit in stepping into what he's saying and what he's doing, and we trust that his word is going to carry us there and that he's going to get us where he's called us to go. You know, when I think of all of the crazy miracles I always tried to do um, that never happened, and I have seen the miraculous, but it was not in those silly moments. Um, it was in real moments where people really needed the miraculous. You know, all of us want to see a miracle or perform a miracle or, and see God do that through us, but no, none of us ever want to be in need of a miracle, right? Um, and yet one of the greatest miracles that I saw God do was in my own body. And yet I didn't want to be in that place of in need of a miracle, but yet trusting in his word and trusting what he said is what carried me through all the different moments. And so when we are childlike, we have that faith and assurance to release the miraculous when it's needed. We know that what our God has said is 100% true every single time without fail, that he will not leave us. So I want to look at the word trust. Trust is to believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of, to have faith or confidence in. You know, I think back on so many moments in my life, and the key thing that God constantly brought me to is, Gabe, are you trusting me to carry you? Are you trusting me to take you where I've called you to go? Are you trusting me that I'm not going to let you fall? And there's a lot of times we find ourselves in situations where it looks like everything around us is saying, I'm falling, I'm actually drowning, and I don't know what's happening here. And yet in those moments, those were the moments that I leaned in and decided I'm trusting in your word above all else. I'm trusting in what you're saying. And I remember back um, when I was a camp intern um, quite a while ago, so I was like 16 or 17 at the time, and um, always for youth camp, during our intern week, we'd prepare like fun things for the campers or like skits for like beforehand because like skits were cool then. Kind of. They were like on the verge of like almost being not cool anymore, but we like were like doing it, you know. Um, and so I remember there was this skit that I was involved in, and it was all about trust. And at that time, that was the key thing that the Lord kept pulling my heart on is, Gabe, are you trusting me with your whole heart? Are you trusting me to protect you and to take where I've called you to go? And so in this skit, there's a person acting as like God, right? And so they're there. I think it was Ty Booth at the time. Um, And then there was myself who was like the carnal girl, right? Um, And so I'm like talking to Jesus. And he's like, hey, how much do you trust me? And I'm like, I trust you so much. And he's like, okay, fall back. And so you're doing like the trust fall, you know, everyone you like, ooh, and they catch you. And you're like, oh, this is so exciting, right? And so we did that like five times over. And every time he'd say like, do you trust me? And I'd say, yeah, yeah, I trust you. And each time you got more confident, right? Like, I'm going to, like, fall back really hard this time because you're going to catch me. And all of a sudden, I'm standing there, and he says, he's still behind me, and he says, how much do you trust me? I'm like, I trust you with everything. Like, this is awesome. And he's like, fall forward. And I'm whoa, 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 whoa. You're behind me. If I fall forward, I'm landing on my face. So I trust you, but I trust you to catch me from behind. Not from the front, unless you move to the front. Then I'll trust you, Uncle. Um, and the point of the thing was, in the end, the girl didn't trust. She's like, I can't do it, right? And I remember that moment, that skit, as silly as it was, as just, you know, it was just there. It happened. Um, the Lord grabbing hold of my heart 
and saying, Gabe, if the natural doesn't look like what you think it should, and you don't see what you feel like you should be seeing, do you still trust me that no matter what, I'm not going to let you fall? And there's that thing in a dad's heart, and I know I'm not a dad, but I know my daddy God, and I know my dad in the physical. And there's this thing in a dad's heart that says, no matter what, I want to be there for my kids. I want to make sure to carry them through to where they need to go. I want to protect and I want to provide, and I want to make sure that they're stable and secure. But there's also moments that you may stumble a little bit, but it's actually learning. It's not harmful, but it helps you to grow. And there's those key moments. And if we can come from the perspective of no matter what, I trust you. And if it's good, I'm going to focus in on you. And if it's bad, I'm going to rebuke the devil and I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to walk in your goodness because our daddy God wants to keep our heart safe and secure in who he is. Because that's just who he is, right? He's trustworthy with all that we are. And, you know, trusting is not just when everything looks perfect, but it's when things look really wonky and they look off and, like, what is this? And so I remember um, a couple years ago now when I had just quit teaching, and um, I wouldn't advise quitting your job unless Jesus tells you to, um, but I quit, and I was like, okay, Lord, like, you're going to open up a door immediately, and it's going to be perfect, and that did not happen and, um, but I still knew it was Jesus, you know, those moments where you're like, okay. And so I watched as my bank account went from like really good to like zero dollar. Actually, I had 50 cents. I remember looking at it and seeing 50 cents coming to church and, um, <laughs> there was a need that had been brought up and I thought, Jesus, I only have 50 cents. And he was like, well, you have 50 cents. I thought, no, I only have 50 cents. Like, I don't have anything coming in. Like, it's going to take, like, a love offering for me to pay my bills. Like, this is not good. Um, and yet, felt like, okay, I'm just going to give what I have. And then from there, it was like, oh, dear Jesus, what are we doing, right? Um, and it was months of trusting God and saying, God, you'll provide. God, you'll bring something out of this. Lord, I don't see an answer. I have no money. I have bills. I have this really cute Mini Cooper I need to pay for. Um, you know, like all of these things have to be paid for. And like, I don't have the money to do it. And so what? Like, you've got a problem. And so that's what I kept telling the Lord. You've got a problem. You've got to fix this. Um, and I would take him to his word. So how many of you know when you find yourself in a pickle, the best place to go is the word of God, right? Amen. There should be more excitement around that because it's the truth. I'm going to take a drink and let you ponder that. So, in that process, though, I remember going to the Word and it talking about that a father that does not provide for his own is worse than an infidel. And I would tell the Lord, God, you've promised that you provide for your own, that you take care of your own. That's what you've promised me. That's what you've told me is going to happen. And so I trust you in this. And you know what happened? I didn't see a job. I didn't see anything that looked like it was going to happen yet. Everything in the natural looked bleak and dim. I had a little bit in saving. My savings was down to zero. And I was like, Jesus, we're really messed up now. Like, I don't know what we're going to do anymore. And yet there was still that trust of God, 
you have a plan, and I know what you've told me to do. And during that time, I'm like, I'll babysit for you. Like when school started back, I'll substitute teacher for you. I'll do whatever you need. If you want me to come to your house and clean, I hate cleaning. But, like, I will do it for you if you will pay me. Like, don't give me food or anything. Just pay me so I can, like, get stuff and, like, pay my bills. And so I was doing anything I could find to do, anything I could place my hand to. I was trying to do it. Um, I remember I went multiple days. This is not good, but um, I went multiple days without eating, and I just was like, Lord, I'm just going to, like, call this a fast for you, Um, and so then I found we had ramen in, like, the back of the cupboard, and I'm like, yes, ramen, and so I'd cook some ramen, right? Things did not look like what I wanted them to, but yet what I knew in my heart was what God had promised he was able to perform. And when he has a plan and when he told me to step out, I did not doubt that he was going to provide for me. And so every step of the way, I was stepping back and saying, God, I trust you. What do I do now in the natural? What do I do to prepare for what you're bringing me into? And I remember the day um, that I was sitting there and thinking, like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do, but I know that I trust you. And that's, that's what I have. And I remember getting a phone call and um, being asked to come in for an interview and all of that and thinking, oh, dear Jesus, yes. Um, It happened to be like a baptism night that I interviewed, which was a really memorable baptism night for me, obviously. And um, not only because it had s'mores and like food, which was really exciting, um, but because I love chocolate. But when you're on a budget, you know, chocolate is out of the picture. So um, chocolate and Dr. Pepper were no longer in in my repertoire of food. And they all of a sudden were. It was really exciting. Um, There was not only that, but like I'm interviewing and everything for what I feel like God has put in my heart. Then like Austin, Pastor Austin. How many of you love Pastor Austin? (laughs) Right? So I'm not to throw him under the bus. So that's why I'm giving a lot of praise. But he does this like epic grow team moment of like, grow team members, come on down. And nobody comes. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm supposed to be like maybe taking over grow teams and like they're not even showing up. Um, And it turned out we had a plan. It just didn't go according to plan and the timeline. So, I mean, it was this great day. And I left it going, God, like this better be what you have for me because I knew what he had promised me. And ended up getting a phone call back and we talked about it all, was hired on. And I thought, thank you. Jesus, right? Amen. Like you've provided exactly what I need and more, enough and extra. This is going to be great. But all of that happened not when things looked rosy and bright and beautiful, but it happened in the mucky mess of sometimes where you find yourself in life. And what I knew in all of it is that I had people that were standing with me and praying, and they may not have fully understood the situation, but they leaned in and they tried to help where they could. And I remember um, Jaron and Jeff, Jaron, found out that I hadn't eaten in a few days, Um, and she was like, oh my gosh, Gabe, what are you thinking? Like, you are in community with us. Why are you not talking to us? And I thought, uh, cuss, Um, which is a terrible excuse, and so she brought me food and helped, and my family had no clue what was going on, or else they would have been helping, right? But I'm like, no, like, I don't want to tell people what's going on. That's pride, and that's foolishness. The Lord would have provided, um, and he was trying to provide through people if I'd have been open to it. So let that be a lesson. Don't follow my stupidity. Get in community, and then let them know what's going on so they can be praying and standing with you. Um, but a lot of times what happens in our natural is we tend to trust what we see 
more than anything that we can't see in the physical. And so, you know, we may hear a doctor say like, hey, like, you have cancer, you have lung disease, you have a heart condition, and we can't see it inside our bodies. We're not looking inside our bodies. We haven't ran the test ourselves. We don't even understand the test, but we hear his word, and what do we do? We put faith, we put trust in that word, and we say, your word's true. What you said is truth. I have this disease. I have heart disease. I have cancer. I have lung problems. I can't breathe. I've got kidney issues. You know, many say, like, I can't trust God because I can't see him. You trust in a lot of things you don't see. But the thing is, you're choosing to put your faith and your trust in that thing. But the moment that we say, I'm not trusting what a doctor said over my great physician, that's when we walk in and we see the power of what it is to walk in a relationship with God. A relationship with God is not one that there's no trials that happen and things that come up because things are going to happen. But it's one that no matter what happens, I'm trusting fully in him. And I know that he is good no matter what. And I can put my full faith and assurance in who he is because he is overwhelmingly good. And I remember a conversation I had with my husband at one point, And we were talking and just talking about what's in my heart and what's in his heart. And like um, one of the things that he told me, and I used to always say, that when I got married someday, I wanted my man to say this about me because no one in my life have ever said this. So, um, and that was that he would say, like, you're sweet. And I know that sounds silly to most people, but I was never called the sweet person, okay? So <laughs> I was the friend that people would be like, oh, she's so bold. She's so confident. She's so loud. She's so friendly or joyful. And then my, like, sweet friends, like, has anyone met Angelica Sheriff? Amen. She is like the sweetest girl you'll ever meet. Like she wouldn't get angry at you for anything. Or like Callie Moore, I almost said Ingle, um, which I guess is Angelica Wrestler now. So, I mean, gosh, everyone's getting married. They've been married for a long time. I just need to get with a program. And so all of my friends were like these sweet people, right? So like if I say their name and you know them, you immediately think like, aww, right? I never produced the aww in people. <laughs> never. Not once. And so I remember I would tell my sweet friends, I want to be called sweet sometime. And they'd be like, I think you're sweet. I'm like, no, 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 no. That does not work because you think everyone's sweet. First off. Secondly, I just told you I want to be called sweet, so you're only calling me that because you know I want to be called it. It doesn't count. Or like your family, you know, like if you feel like you're not looking so good and your family's like, I think you're beautiful. You're like, mm-hmm, I'm sure you do. And so, you know, you just don't trust it, Right. And so I'm like, I'm not going to tell my man, but I'm going to know he's my man because he someday is going to be like, you're so sweet. Um, and I remember this moment with Jeremy where we were talking. He was like, you know, you're just so sweet. And I thought, it's Jesus. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get married. Like, we're meant for each other. Like, I don't even need to pray about it anymore. Like, it must be God, because no one in my life, like, you know how many people I've passed by, and no one, so don't come up to me after this and be like, I think you're sweet, like, it doesn't work, okay, but we were having this conversation about different things, and what was in our hearts, and how God was helping us to grow, and to stretch into what he had called us to, and I remember in that conversation, just thinking through the faithfulness of God, and what it is to trust him with your whole heart. And to trust him that in no matter what your situation is, that he's overwhelmingly faithful. And for me, that's been one of the biggest things in the testimony of my God's goodness, 
was that in an area where I felt completely inadequate and I knew that I left it on an altar to say, God, I'm trusting you to take care of this however it needs to be taken care of, that he brought it back and brought it into beauty and brought beauty out of what I felt like was ashes. And so when we trust the Lord, he not only brings beauty out of things, but he prepares our hearts to go further with one another. He prepares our hearts for the new ground that he's called us to take. Because I truly believe that when we walk through trials together, what we find is that we're strengthened. And not because God gives us the trial to strengthen us, but because when the enemy comes into harm, the Lord overwhelms it with good. And so out of that conversation with Jeremy, I remember just talking about what we saw in one another. And one of the things that he talked about is he was like, Gabe, like, the one thing you say over and over and over again that I don't think anyone can meet you and not hear you say it at least a few hundred times is that, like, God is good. He's like, every prayer you talk about, you say, God, you're so good. You're good. Like, you're better than we expect. You're wonderful. It's like you constantly are telling people how good God is. And that hit me that when you trust someone, when you know how good they are and that they would never do anything to harm you, when you know how wonderful they are, you don't have to think about it. You just know they're good and you just trust them, right? And, you know, I think of a lot of people have had terrible earthly fathers. And if that's you, I am sorry because I don't know what that's like. Um, I'm really sorry because God is a father and he is the best father. And where someone has failed you, he will not fail you and you can trust in him. And so I know for myself, Growing up with a dad that was not only there but was fully invested, it showcased to me the constant love of God. That when no one else could understand what was happening, when nothing else made sense, what I knew was there was safety and there was trust here. And that's what happens when we lean into the presence of God and his goodness is we find ourselves lost in trust and in faith of what he said he's going to do. You know, in Genesis 15, 1 through 6, we see Abraham, and Abraham in this time, he trusted in God and what God had promised him, that he was going to fulfill it. And this is where God is telling him that he's going to make him a father of many nations, and yet Abraham doesn't see it for a long time. Sometimes between that promise and the fulfillment of it, there's a rather long gap between what we see as the promise and what we see as the fulfillment. But what we do in that process is the key part. And what Abraham did in that process was not perfect, okay? He did not do it perfectly. He made some mistakes along the way. But what he did is he kept his faith and his trust in God and said, God, you are able. You are able, and I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you because no matter what, you will not let me fail. You will not let me fall. A natural response to trusting in someone is that you have confidence, and out of that confidence, there becomes a boldness about how you approach things, right? There's a boldness that happens when I'm confident. And so I was thinking of natural examples of when you trust in something, you become bold about it. And I was trying to think um, of an example in the natural with like my husband, like what's a like thing that we've talked about that I knew I was 100% right in and you were wrong and I was like bold about it. And then I couldn't think of a single thing, which, of course, to him was like, it's because you're never right. And I'm like, no, it's because I'm quick to forgive, um, and I just don't remember, right? <laughs> Amen, ladies, you should have been excited about that one. Um, and so I can't remember what I've been right on, but I do remember this story. So I thought back to teaching, 
and I had this wonderful little boy, um, and we'll just call him Bob. That's my go-to name anyway, so we'll just call him Bob. So I had Bob in my classroom. Beautiful, wonderful, wonderful child, and he was a little bit of a challenge, to be honest, and um, if he got upset or he got frustrated, there was no, like, just like, oh, I'm upset. It was like, ah, I'm upset. And he'd start kicking stuff and, like, throwing things. And you're like, everyone get down. Like, you know, like, I become, like, a human shield for, like, 30 kids. And it's just not, like, a good situation, right? So you always try to, like, de-escalate him. Like, it's okay, Bob. Like, here we are. Thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit. He'd always tell me when something was about to go down. And we'd find some safety. And so um, I'm with Bob in the classroom. And he is all about this math thing where, like, if you do math facts, um, it's like a personal thing that you do on the computer, and you're, like, competing with yourself. And so you had, like, ten rounds of this, and your highest round stayed as the high score, but you did all ten rounds. So if you did round one and it was really, like, high, but round two was low, your high score is still your highest score. But it still showed you down below the other scores you did. And so he's doing it, and we've had a conversation beforehand because he blew up the day before about this thing, um, about like, hey, I'm giving you one more shot, okay? If you do this right and you don't blow up, even if you don't do as good as you want to, okay? Like even if it's not as great as you think you should be, but if you handle yourself well, I can trust you to keep doing this later, okay? I'll let you do it. Like he wanted to do it during recess all the time, which is great, but the blow-ups were the problem, right? And so... He's doing it, and his high score gets there, and he's like, Miss Smith, because I was Miss Smith, but he couldn't say Miss Smith, so he said Miss Smith. It was really cute. And so he'd be, Miss Smith, I did it. And I'm like, you did it, man. And I'm like, okay, keep going. Remember, we got to stay positive. We got to stay good. Like, no matter what happens next, we're going to keep that positive attitude. He's like, yeah, I got it. And he gets on, and all of a sudden, he's like, it's messed up. And he's like screaming. And I'm like, Bob, calm down. What's going on? He's like, the score, they took away my high score. I'm like, they didn't take away your high score, man. Like, you scored low on that one, but your high score is still there. So you just need to do better the next time if you want to raise the high score. Like, that makes sense, right? So I'm, like, bold and confident. Like, dude, they didn't take away your high score. It's right there. So I'm, like, showing him, like, your high score right there. On the screen, there it is. He's like, it's not there. I'm like, right there on the screen. I'm bold. I'm confident. Hey, Bob, it's right there. You're good to go. Calm yourself down, and we're going to be good. He didn't calm himself down, okay? So he took the computer, threw it on the ground, screen cracks, terrible situation, right? So we took care of that situation, handled it, all of that. Well, he comes back in the classroom. Not that day. Um, he goes back in the classroom. <laughs> Amen. Um, and, you know, I do believe that every day is a fresh start, but I also believe that he needed to see that he was wrong. And so he came back in the room, and I opened that computer, and I laid it there. And I said, come here, Bob. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, let me, let me show you something real fast. He was like, yeah. And I was like, what do you see right there? And he's like, my high score. And I was like, mm-hmm. Did it change? No. Did they take it away from you? No. Why did you throw a fit? Because I thought it was gone. But it's, it's, it's right there. He was like, I know. I was just mad that I didn't do as good. Okay. And so we had good conversation out of it. But what happened out of that? When he was confident in something he was bold about it right so he was overly bold he was telling me all about it and I was equally as bold saying like man it's right there it's there when you trust that something is right or wrong there's a boldness that rises up within you 
that you all of a sudden can go to fight for something that really doesn't matter or it really matters a lot. There's like a confidence in this roar that rises up within that it's like, I'm going to like face it and I'm going to show you, right? And if you've never experienced that, like in an argument of some kind, even over something silly, where you're like, I know that I'm right, right? So some of you C's out there are like, I'm going to Google it and prove it to you. That is my least favorite thing to do because like when I say like, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure. That doesn't mean I'm 100%. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it's good. And so when you Google, I feel like you're not trusting me at all on this thing. So don't always do that if you have D&I friends, okay? But when you trust, you walk in boldness. Boldness is a willingness to take risks and act inevitably, confidence and courage. And when we think of the New Testament church, we are called to operate in boldness and in power. And that happens from trust in God and empowered by the Holy Spirit. One of the questions um, when Jeremy and I were listening to a message from a pastor that I love to listen to, he asked, it hit me in a fresh way. And the Lord really challenged me with it. And so I want to pose this question to you. And that is, if you were 10 times bolder than you are right now, what would you do? I want you to just think about it. If you were 10 times bolder than you are right now, what would you do? If you can think of anything to put on that list, even one thing, if you can think of one thing that you would do if you were 10 times bolder, you have allowed fear to reduce you to less than what God has called you to be. God has placed us in a spot that what he's called us to do doesn't always feel like something we're capable of, and that's good because he's strong in our weakness. And when we trust him, we can step out into it. And when I was thinking of this, you know, a lot of times we want to do something that's comfortable, and it just feels like right to us. And oftentimes what God's called us to is so far out of our comfort zone that it takes that leap and that step to say, God, I trust you in this. And I was thinking of, you know, in the natural, things may look one way. But in the supernatural, what God's called you to operate in boldness in, it can look a little bit different. And I was thinking of our wonderful worship pastor, Kylie. He does a phenomenal job up here. And I remember before getting to know Kylie, I always, like, saw him on stage and leading worship, and I thought, like, he is, like, so bold. He must be extroverted because, like, he's on stage with a microphone, right? He's, like, singing for everyone. He's, like, drawing them in. He's operating in a boldness and in an anointing, and I think, like, he is extroverted, right? No, 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 no. When you get to know him, he's not. Like, he's very introverted, super kind and gentle, but, like, He's not going to be like the life of the party. Like he's not going to be me running around this church trying to see how many people I can like touch and say hi to and like smile at because like, hey, like we're here. And like you'll start like I'll start getting that high-pitched tone of voice because I just get like overly excited. And it's really awkward for everyone, including me. Um, Kylie's not going to be that guy, right? Like he's much more like calm and cool and introverted. And that is amazing. But what happens when he steps on this stage and steps into his anointing is he trusts God in him. And all of a sudden there's a boldness to operate in what God's placed within him. What God's called you to may not look like something that fits your natural instincts and what you would lean towards. But if he's placed it in your heart, he's given you the boldness to do it. He's given you the confidence to do it. And he's given you the anointing. And so don't discredit 
what God has placed in your heart because it seems out of reach. Don't discredit it because it seems impossible. Because what our God loves to do is to take people that can't do it and allow them to do it through him and through his strength. And in that place, he gets all the glory. So I want to go to Acts 4, verse 7 through 13, and then we're going to go to 29 to 31. We're skipping around in it. I'd encourage you to just go read the whole thing because it's all good, but to save on time. So it says, by what power, by what name did you do this? So um, Peter um, is out and ministering to people and healing people through the power of Jesus. And, of course, it's causing a ruckus and people don't like it. Um, and so then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people, people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that you rejected, that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among man, men which m must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. You know what? When you are doing what God's called you to do, People are going to be like, she can't do that, or he can't do that. It's not in your natural repertoire of like, I'm just amazing, right? Instead, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and people recognize the boldness and the confidence that comes from him. And so I love that here that Peter and John are described as uneducated common men, and yet they operated in a boldness that made no sense to the people around them. Why are they so bold? Why are they operating this way? And it was because they were confident in who God is and who he'd called them to be. It continues on, and now, Lord, look upon their threats. So they've all gathered together, and they're now praying about this situation, all the believers together. And it says, now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of the holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. When we are childlike before the Lord, we become filled with the Holy Spirit. We accept him into our heart and life. We accept Jesus. We lean into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And out of that, we begin to be bold and confident into what he's called us to do. And we step out in new ways. We share anything and everything that is inspired by the Holy Spirit to catch a person and to help them connect with his goodness and with his love. And that happens because we're bold through who he's called us to be and what he's placed within us. And that boldness can't just happen on your own. And so a lot of people want, they'll see someone and they'll say, they're so bold or they're confident in who they are. And that doesn't look the same for everyone, but you can tell when someone's confident. You can tell when they're bold about what they're doing. And a lot of times we'll be, oh, I want that. But yet what gives that boldness, what gives that confidence is that part of being with the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to baptize us in who he is. And out of that baptism of the Holy Spirit, we become bold, confident people to step into any situation and see him move 
knowing that he's amazing. You know, the Holy Spirit is our great comforter. You've heard it many times before. You don't need a comforter if you're not doing anything uncomfortable, right? And so the Holy Spirit will give us the boldness to step into things, to do things we would otherwise push to the side, but to walk into boldness as we do those things. Boldness comes as we trust in God and respond to the prompting and leading of the Holy Spirit. And so what we are called to do is not to operate in fear and in doubt and in worry and all of the things that we can struggle with, but instead we step in in trust and in confidence of who our God is. And in that place, we operate in a boldness of what he's called us to do and where he's called us to go. And when I was praying over tonight, I know all of these things are things you've heard as Christians a million times over, right? We've all heard messages on trust and on confidence and on boldness and the Holy Spirit and all of those things. But yet the difference between those that operate in it and those that don't is that the ones that operate in it actually listened and they applied the word to what it was going on in their lives. They applied the word to their situation and their circumstance. And I felt like tonight that there is a crowd of people, you're our Wednesday night crew, and you're saying, I want to like change this city. I am totally on board with this city changing. I am on board with us truly becoming a church that reaches out, that transforms those that not only walk in the doors, but everywhere they go. And yet there hasn't really been any follow through in your heart because you constantly limit yourself. Um, but I just can't do that. Like, but, but I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. I, I can't. There's always going to be an excuse. And so I felt like tonight is the night that if in your heart you've said, God, I want to be more bold. I want to step out in what you've called me to do. I want to be able to take steps forward and to see mountains moved and the miraculous happen. And then tonight's a night for you to lean back in and say, God, I trust you with my whole heart. I trust you with all that I am. And I know that in that place of trust with you, that you're going to bring about transformation in me. And I'm going to say yes to what you're calling me to do. And that yes is a weighty yes. I'll give you a warning beforehand. When you say yes to Jesus, when you say yes to following what he's called you to do, he may just ask you to like talk to someone in Walmart and not in a mean way, okay? Like he may ask you... <laughs> That's important. Um, he may ask you to minister to someone that smells, okay? And, like, sometimes they're, like, extreme smells. And when I say he may just ask you to, he will, so be prepared. Um, if you don't like smells, like, put some peppermint underneath you before you go out because you know the Holy Spirit's going to grab you. Um, you be prepared everywhere you go. Ministry happened as Jesus was on the way doing things. And oftentimes we want the boldness, we want the confidence, we want the miraculous, but we're not willing to watch for people on our journey. Instead, we get so focused on ourselves. We get so focused on what we can do in and of ourselves, and I've got to get this grocery, I've got to get to this spot. So many people are waiting for me. I've got to make sure this happens. I don't have time. Like, I see them hurting, but, like, Jesus sends someone else, and yet we're missing the miraculous that God wants to use us in. Because we're unwilling to stop our time clock and say yes to the people around us. And so I want to just challenge you right where you're at. If that's you and you just say, you know what, you could say I operate in boldness but I want to be more bold. Or you could say, you know what, I have been struggling to be bold about what God's called me to. I've been struggling to step out and to just say, you know what, God, 
if you say I can trust you, I trust you in every aspect. And that means the dreams in my heart, I'm going to be bold about pursuing what you've told me to pursue. That means the people around me that you tell me to reach out to, I'm not going to be so concerned about myself that I miss out on what you've called for them to have. You know, you're the answer to someone's prayer. And you saying yes provides the miraculous for them. If that's you and you say, I want to be that, but I've lacked it. I just feel like there's been a barrier. I want you to do something <laughs> bold. And I want you to just stand up right where you're at. If that's you in any form, you say, I want to grow in boldness and confidence in who God is. Or I'm already bold and I just want to be more bold. I don't care if it's one or everyone. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, I want you right where you are to just start thinking on the goodness of God. I want you to meditate on how trustworthy he is and how good he is, how he's never let you fail. He's never let you fall. And the boldness and the confidence you need is not found in any person's eloquent speech, but it's found in his presence and in his overwhelming love for you. And so I want you to just raise your hands right where you're at. Father, I thank you that tonight that you are empowering us with your boldness, God, to do the impossible. And Father, sometimes the impossible looks so simple, and it's serving those around us. It's loving the one around us. It's starting a life group. It's inviting people into community. It's going to a group. Father, I thank you that you have allowed us to see that, Father, we want to go deeper, we want to go further, and we feel stuck in some form. Or, Father, we just want more. That, God, no matter where we are, that you stir our hearts for more of you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that each one of these people that are standing with their hands raised, God, we just speak a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. That, Father, when the Holy Spirit filled the people, that they were filled with boldness and they operated in power. And so, Father, I thank you that you are emboldening your people to step out and to operate in what you've called them to. God, I thank you that gifts and anointings are released in this place. That, Father, where people feel like they've lacked or they've wanted for more, that, Father, you're giving them enough and extra. Lord, I thank you that each one of these people would begin to step out and see you move in miraculous ways, that God, visions and dreams in their hearts become reality. Father, I thank you that people would begin to dream new dreams and speak it out and see it come to pass. Father, I thank you that, Lord, where there's disqualification, where even some that are standing right now just say, I don't know, I just don't feel like I can do it. I just don't feel like I've got the ability to do that. Father, you are empowering your people to do what you've called them to do. And that, Father, through simple childlike trust, we step in in boldness and confidence to do the great things that you've called us to. And, Father, we take off all limits, and we follow the limitless, amazing God, and we know that in that place that we have the power and the authority and the grace to do what you've called us to do. And so we thank you for it, Lord. In your name, amen. As Gabe was sharing, I've been reflecting on the story of, of Abraham all week and all month. And, and I feel like something God showed me within the story of Abraham is that there was a moment whenever he, he gave him Isaac. And then, and then he goes out and he asks him to, to sacrifice Isaac, right? We know that story. But God showed me that true trust is that we really take a handoff. And that sometimes we can forget that Abraham didn't know what was going to happen at the end. 
But so God showed him, you're going to be the father of many nations, gave him the promise, and then asked him to give him back the promise. But what happens directly after, whenever Abraham really took his hands fully off, is that God brought him back outside, and he said, not only am I going to give you the stars, but now look at the ocean floor, look at the sands on the seashore, and know that I've expanded your vision And as Gabe was just sharing, I really felt like some of you maybe have had a problem trusting because you've had a promise before and it didn't turn out like what you thought. And that you said, man, but I trusted God for that thing. And I took my hands off, but it didn't look like what I thought. And all all day, this is what the Holy Spirit's been telling me. He says that you have to put your trust in the character of God, not in a promise. Because sometimes promises look different than we think. And, And in that moment for Abraham, his promise did not look like what he thought, but because his trust and his faith was in the character of God, he knew that God was faithful. So that's you. And you say, man, there's been something that I trusted with God, but it turned out different than I thought. Would you just put your hand on your heart? Because I believe God just wants to bring a healing in this moment. Jesus, I thank you that we trust your character, not in any anything that we expect to happen. God, not in what we think a situation should look like, but Father, we trust you and that you are faithful, that you are our deliverer, you are our healer, you are our father. And I thank you that we trust in your goodness. And I just pray for a healing right now, that any, any area that we've allowed a lie to come in that says you're not faithful or you're not going to do what you say or, or, or maybe we can't sacrifice that thing because it doesn't make sense. I just thank you right now in this moment, Lord, that you're healing and you're restoring. And I pray we see with your eyes, knowing that whenever we give it back to you, Father, that you expand that vision and you're doing more and it's going to be better than we expected. And we say, thank you, dad. Thank you, dad, for every promise being yes and amen. And your character is faithful in Jesus name.